Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Hey, glad you're with us. This is Jason Graves with the Blazing Grace Show, along with my partners in crime, Rob McIntyre and Mike Janung. Put your hands down, Rob. Okay, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry, folks, we've got some uh, in-studio goofing off here I today, know, so well. it should be a lively show. <laughs> We're glad to bring to you Zan Hood with his new book, Untamed, Becoming the Man You Want to Be. Welcome to the show, Zan. Yes, greetings. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's good to have yeah. you. Yeah. So, I mean, goodness, we all want to be a certain kind of man, and uh, hopefully today we'll get some questions answered to that end. But first of all, let's start off with hearing from what people are saying about Untamed. Uh, John Eldridge, the oh. author of Wild at Heart, says, When you're a young man, it's essential to hear other men's stories, especially if they share the same struggles and are searching for the things that you are searching for. Mm. Zan Hood is honest, courageous, and hungry. Every young man should read this book. And I would go wow. so far to say, uh, I think every man should read this book. I have been getting so much out of this, Zan. Mm. You're a really Thank talented you. writer, my friend. Thank you, Jason. So how long have you been writing, by the way? Uh, you know, well, that's the funny story is I really, up to college, mostly read Cliff Notes mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, made C's on papers. Right. So the mm -hmm. idea that I was going to write a book was a very yeah. odd thing for most of my right. friends and right. really myself. But um, it, it, it actually was a process of about four years yeah. for that. And most of it being because I started thinking I knew what I was going to say. And it yeah. was in the writing that I realized, wow, I don't know as much as I thought I did. And then that's when God started to actually help me right. and, and teach me some of these things. So it's really, it's that the, the joy of the book really for me was it was the process of discovering mm -hmm. what these ideas were as I mm -hmm. wrote. So it's kind right. of like a journal of uh, me discovering. Mm -hmm. right. So yeah. Awesome. Well, we want to explore your story and I'm excited for our listeners today and for myself just to hear about the principles because as, as I've been reading your book, I'm just amazed at how you speak to the heart of people. And I mean, I was really touched and I related so much with your stories. And so why don't you share with us a little bit about some of the beginnings, the early beginnings, and some of the foundational things uh -huh. that uh, happened for you that allowed some of those common manhood struggles to enter into your life. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I grew up in Tennessee, which is the heart of the Bible Belt mm -hmm. in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And so we have churches just lining streets and they're mega churches. They're not small churches. Right. So yeah. For the most part, I was in a culture that, that believed in God and was a Christian. And so um, so growing up, really, I heard, I heard a version of the gospel, and, um, and, I, and I knew that I, I, needed, I needed a God, and I needed a Savior. And so at a young age, there was an awareness, of, okay, um, I need God in my life. But the problem with all that was at, you know, when, you, when you're entering into high school and other times there's, there's these questions, I think even as a man, you know, the question of, am I a man? And for me, that was a very strong one that, that I was asking myself a lot growing up, looking at other friends. And, and so as I, as I grew sports and high school, um, there, was, there was this deep embedded question of, you know, who am I mm -hmm. and who am I as a man? Mm -hmm. And it, am I a man? And so I think what, what was hard is in, in the process of discovering um, what I was being taught about God, I never heard anything about that, that having to do with God and mm -hmm. these questions I had about 
who I was and, and I wanted to be strong and, you know, find a beautiful woman. Those seem not to, to be answered through the scriptures or through mm-hmm. God or, or the way I was being taught. Mm-hmm. So what I found was this break of the things I want to be and I want to do don't really relate to Jesus and his plan for me. Mm. And so there was just this sense of, um, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have a spiritual life and I'm going to go to church and I'm going to, you know, read my Bible and things. But the real deep questions I had, I was going to have to find on my own. Mm-hmm. And so I really went out. Um, really in college was when I really said, okay, enough of these rules and mm-hmm. things not to do. Because mm-hmm. for me, what I heard was a lot of um, don't date, don't do this, right. don't the other. Right. And it felt like as opposed, I was wanting to find who I was as a man. And mm-hmm. it felt like everyone was trying to keep me from actually going out and exploring that. Right. So it was It was kind of like college was the moment where I finally was like, I have the freedom to actually go do that. So right. so my senior year, I was FCA president of my high school. Wow. So I was the voice of Good. Christianity <laughs> to the younger generation of my high school. And then a year later, I was the social chairman of my fraternity, huh. freshman pledge class, buying the beer and calling up the wow. sorority girls to come over and party. Yeah. Wow. So within a year's time, I really... I, I literally allowed myself, I said, I'm going to go out and find mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. who I am. And, and it wasn't like I want to sin or I want rebellion. It was literally, a, I've got to find out who I am as a man. Yeah, it's like you were rebelling reflexively. And I mean, guys, isn't that so characteristic of a legalistic upbringing mm-hmm. that it's like almost like people in search for you know defining themselves by something other than these external rules they're going to define themselves by their passions. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. and Zane, I want to ask you, where was your dad? Uh, well, he he was around. Um, he was around, but I think he didn't, um, he really didn't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he wanted to go camping and do mm-hmm. these smaller things. So it wasn't that he was absent, but I don't think he saw that I had these questions in me of, you know, am I strong? Um, John Elder says, do I have what it takes? That's yeah, and word. am I powerful? Right, right. Yeah, right. Know, and, and I think, and for me, in that was just, am I a man? That was right. even a core right. of, of that too. So I think he didn't, he wasn't there to see that in me. And I think that's, it was a time when I was really looking for that. And so I, I, as opposed to looking, to be honest, I think even if he did, I would have passed over him because I, our culture doesn't look to older generations to teach us what that is anymore. It's more of, our friends, you know, the, the guy on the high school football team who's two years right. older, who's got the girlfriend. That was my version of who I wanted to right. answer that question, you know. So okay, so we end up putting those people up on a pedestal, and instead of going for what we were really like out of life or what we really want, or doing that authentically, we tend to put these idols up there yeah. and just copycat, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, so I, I don't so know who I that. am. Right. But apparently this guy knows and he's got the girl in the truck and everything. Yeah, he's else. having fun. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and that's I think I was looking for a face of masculinity, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I was in the church, like I, I still in some ways no one was showing me what a man was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more the the not it's more defined by what he doesn't do, but I was right. looking for the guy that did. And so mm-hmm. that's why high school and in college, you know, the fraternity is where I really found a mm-hmm. model of mm-hmm. A guy who was doing those things, right. you know, and the, think, ri- the risk there, sexual, sexually speaking, or from an addictive right. standpoint, is that when we see something that looks good, 
whether that's um, guys getting girls and mm-hmm. putting that up on a pedestal, mm-hmm. then you know you, you run the risk of developing a, an imbalance there. But then also for guys like me dealing with the same gender piece, mm-hmm. uh, it's looking at what those guys have and, and yeah. then wanting to be that person or wanting right. to have that person because their beauty and power is what I want to grab. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Instead of the woman that they have, I'm going right. to just grab them. Yeah. Right. So there's right. two risks. Yeah. 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 You had talked about deep questions and talking about being a man and having strength, but uh-huh. <clears throat> being a man is more than just being strong. I mean, isn't there something deeper that we as men really crave? You know, what are we build? What are we building our value on? You know, who am I and am I valued as I am? Where do I get that basis from? And and, and at the heart, aren't we really looking for that from from God? And how is it that the church missed that with you? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a great question. I think before we can really find our strength or use it for good, which is where I would say using strength in the sense of, of standing up for things um, in later in life. But I think first you, you really have to know who you are as a son. And I think as a, as a boy and even in college, I wasn't saying I need to know that the father's heart, you know, mm. and I need to know God and, mm. and who I am in him. Because at this point, in my story, I still wasn't, I didn't think that he had the answers I needed, you mm-hmm. know, or that I mm-hmm. needed to be adopted as his son. So mm-hmm. it was more of the world, for me, the world was kind of a closer answer to that. Mm-hmm. But I think when, it was in the midst of college when I started to explore all these areas. So I was, I was actually getting to do these desires that I had in me, to be strong, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what was amazing was here I was in the midst of this fraternity where it was kind of the idealized young man's version of masculinity. Right. And that's where I fell flat because I realized that of going, wait a second, this isn't, this isn't it. Mm. You know, and it really did. Ha- and that's where I was kind of brought to a, a a turning point of going, okay, the version I've had of Jesus and mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. and then this fraternity, neither of them seem to be working, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, they're true visual counterfeits, but they have no substance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your, your senses are all going, yeah, this is it, this is it. But then when you taste it, it you, you see that it's not good, and yeah. you're going, okay, but I know, I know that this, there's something that's got to be more real than this, yeah. more, more depth than that. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it really had me searching of going, I've got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where not knowing that God started to speak to me, kind of come back to say, hey, like, um, I'm for you. I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, there were many nights where I would sit in Knoxville on this river by myself. And it was the first time where I was actually on my own kind mm-hmm. of after fraternity parties where I'd be drinking or whatever. And I'd go off on my own and it would be like, that was a moment where I was starting to feel that love and that, mm. you know, Jesus arms and just the sense of kindness and grace of like, of a kind of that adoption as a son. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it's hard to see it then, but that's, I think looking back what he was doing for me. And, um, so, so through that, there was, there was kind of this sense of, okay, something's more, you know, there's gotta be something more cause these two just don't work. But, right. but yet, seeing in the fraternity, these guys were, were doing things. So it was like, okay, so what does this look like to walk with God and, and, and with all these desires I have and how do they relate to him? You know, mm-hmm. kind of going back to that question, mm-hmm. kind of living in the midst of going, I have all these things I want to be and do and do they relate to God? And if they do, what's your plan for me in that? Right. You know? right. So so you're not, you're not promoting for the Christian to go out and 
go to a kegger party <laughs> and find God, right? You're saying that it's really what's behind that, the, the need to be with a woman. You're kind of saying these are deeper issues. Uh, so the draw is really what you're talking about that you were looking for. And so yeah. maybe it wasn't the alcohol that you were really needing. It was really the bond with other people, the relationships yeah. and the intimacy, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. And I think that's where, and, and the truth is, that's where I discover that because I was living in desire and yet it wasn't mm-hmm. under God's kingdom. Right. You know, and so, and that was where I said, whoa, what, what does, what does the real version of this look like? Good. You know? right. That's good. Right. Like, yeah. Cause it's, that's the key word real. There's yeah. two counterfeits there. You know, yeah. uh, that's why I love the untamed title is because Jesus doesn't want us to necessarily be tamed like the church would maybe sell us. Yeah, kind of a you know, feminine to... version of a man right, within right, the church. Right, right, Yeah, the, the one that says all the right Sunday school answers and everything and yeah. you know, dresses, dresses up. But, uh, but rather, he wants us to be as we are, you know, raw, wild, to kind of borrow from Eldridge a little bit, mm-hmm. and, but still do that in a godly way that's going to be fulfilling to us, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And uh, when we exchange the other counterfeit <clears throat> and mm-hmm. go for what's, wild but ungodly Mm -hmm. that's equally unfulfilling so what you're saying is all right so as i go about living my life and trying to seek the adventure that that is before me Uh uh, i want to do that in a way where i'm acting as an adopted son i'm just wondering what has that adoption looked like what has that adoption process looked like in your life well, uh, it actually started i i never saw myself as a boy or a Mm -hmm. young man it was Mm -hmm. more of I want to be a man. So mm-hmm. at some point I just decided I was. Mm-hmm. And and I was uh, a couple of years ago, I was in Carter Springs sitting mm-hmm. down with a man who I respect. And uh, in the midst of trying to impress him, he looked at me and he called me a boy. He, he said, I think there's a boy inside of you. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was 25 years old, you know, girlfriend, yeah. going to be married soon. And this man calls me a boy, you know, and I, I was pissed <laughs> because you don't call me a boy. You know, right. I, I'll but, show you, boy. Yeah. And so I, I, I flew back to Tennessee, didn't think about it for a while, but it kept grading on me. Yeah. You know? And I think what the realization was to discover that is to go, if I look at my life, I live in a culture that didn't have a lot of men around. Yeah. Me, you know, yeah. and, and um, specifically at school, you know, a lot of teachers, women and, yeah. you know, played some sports, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a lot of fathering. And so it really came back to that idea of, Literally, like, I have to start from the beginning with God of, like, right. I am a boy, right. and I need help, and I need healing, and um, right. I need you to teach me some of these basic things that I kind mm-hmm. of never went to because I was always trying to impress everybody, right. Mm. Right. you know? So really, I mean, it's it's been new to me for the past six months of going, Lord, I want to know what it means to be your beloved son, right. you know, and, and, your, and your child. And, mm-hmm. you know, what does that look like? What, what do you have? Even like what good gifts do you have for me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because right. so much of my life has been you're against me and, you know, um, you're, you're ashamed of me. And, mm-hmm. and so it's only been probably the past couple of months of just little things happening where I see God's hand and kind of his kindness mm-hmm. of, of, of things and they're, they're so simple. I mean, they, they might be mountain biking and um, I'll be out and, and just in the middle of wilderness and I'll hear this voice of like, this is your playground, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that happened a couple of months ago and it was so kind. It was like, yeah, I need to play, you mm-hmm. know, as a boy and right. as your son, I need to play out in your wilderness and enjoy you. And yeah. mm-hmm. so I think that the permission to, 
to say, you know what, I'm a young man right now, and, I, and instead of trying to be the man, I just need to be where I am mm-hmm. and get the things that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. And God, will you father me through that? And right. so that's kind of been, it, it's been a great place. It's taken me years to finally say, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I have permission right. to be a boy and a young man. Yeah. Because so much of, you know, you know, the context of our world, we're not allowed to to do that. Oh, you know? I know. I know. Or, or I, even okay, emote. So <laughs> I was at an EMB this weekend and my uh, assistant, Bob Damarell from New Jersey was going to stay over because it was in town, Colorado Springs. And uh-huh. so he was going to come over to my house for a couple of days after the conference. And, and I told all the guys, um, Bob gets to come over and play, you know, meant, meant that's kind of right. a joke, right? Nobody laughed. I'm <laughs> thinking, why, why is it that when we were little kids, we could say, Hey, can you come over and play? But we can't say that now. Right. You know what I mean? It's, but really, that's what it's all about when we want to hang out. It's because we want to play. We want to have fun, right? Right. So if you're just tuning in, this is uh, the Blazing Grace Show. Of course, you're listening in on a, a, an interview with Zan Hood, who wrote recently, just published, a, I think put out a couple weeks ago, yep. Untamed. Wow. It was still uh, hot. It's, it's called Untamed, Becoming the Man You Want to Be. And it's put out by Nav Press's division Think Books. And so we're excited to have him on the show, and we're talking about becoming a man and all those themes. And, of course, if you want to get in touch with um, Zan and uh, get a copy of his book, you can just uh, go on to Amazon.com and type in Untamed. But you can also visit his uh, website at TheWildlands.com. That's TheWildlands.com. Or, uh, and we're going to talk more about this in a little bit, probably, Zan, but um, you've got something that you're trying to reach out to younger men to be proactive in training them things about rites of passage and moving mm-hmm. on, and it's called Project Training Ground. Mm-hmm. And you can um, see that on the web at projecttrainingground.com. So if we don't have rites of passage in our mm-hmm. culture, and if boys are just assuming that they're men, just because they say so, yep. uh, let's talk about some ideas and maybe some of the things in Project Training Ground that you're proposing to facilitate that and to make those rituals happen? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I think one is just our culture is so built on success and drivenness mm-hmm. in, in the academic world of like go to college, make money. And so in some ways where where most young men are driven to is the business world, you know, right. and making a lot of money. And so uh, I've actually for the past four months or so, I've been working for a painting crew, um, mm-hmm. which God's brought me in, in kind of that phase of the beloved son and mm-hmm. kind of learning kind of just basic work. Mm. And so out of that, I've realized my need. To, uh, there's a guy named Richard Rohr, and he's written a book called Adam's Return, and he has mm-hmm. an t- actual chapter called Life is Hard. Mm-hmm. And just the idea that a young man needs to know that life is hard yeah. and that <laughs> it's not yeah. easy, yeah. you know. You're and I here. think... Most of us, me, I've learned the way of America of how do I make the most amount of money in the least amount of time, right? right? You know, and that's right. success, and that's what men look up to because mm-hmm. then you can have money, you can have a car, you can have a house, mm-hmm. and so. But what it is is that's wimpy. Yeah, I think that's wimpy. It's you know what selling I mean? out. It yeah. is. It is. It's it's really about selling out so that you can you know just have it all. It's selfish. It's what I think Eldridge would call a poser, being a poser. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Rather than going after what God really created you to be right. and what, what he really wanted you to be fulfilled in. By yeah, well, you know, I'm 43, okay? So our listeners out there may not be as young as you, uh, sure. but I had a similar experience that you had where God literally spoke to me in my between sleep and awake moment in the middle of the night. And he said, Rob, you have a good heart. And that mm-hmm. was probably one of the most significant things he's ever said to me. Mm-hmm. How can a man begin to prepare himself to hear God? 
What can he do practically to hear God? Now, I know it's not like a formula, but, but what can he do in, in, in from your own journey? Uh-huh. Well, I think, I think I, I started asking that maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. just the idea of God, would, do you actually still speak, you know, and would you speak to me, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And I think that was a new place because that's a very vulnerable place of saying, right. God, do you have something to say to me? Right. Like, and I think that's where most of us really struggle with is mm-hmm. that like, you know, especially if we've dealt with addictions, you know, pornography and everything else is that. Our, our view of who God is, is he's ashamed of us. And if we think he's ashamed of us, we're not going to listen to a voice that says, I love you, mm-hmm. or you're right. my son, or I have these things. And so I think most of us don't ever get there out of our own shame if he would never mm-hmm. speak to me. And I still struggle with that. Some days I'm waiting and I want to hear from mm-hmm. God. Other days I sense just shame and, you know, right. and so I don't even let that in. But what I find is to even open space up and time mm-hmm. in a place like for me going out mountain biking and getting away mm-hmm. and sitting and then actually asking God a question, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, right. that's been new for me. Of yeah. Going, yeah. I've, wa- I've walked through three pairs of shoes asking God on my walks, you know, what is it, God? <laughs> yeah. You know, talk to me, man, help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and, you know, like the truth is like, it starts with scripture, you know, like mm-hmm. what does he have mm-hmm. to say there? Um, and I think through that, you know, it's all about a, a conversation. How know? about mentors and, and a man, another man who walks this journey with you? Has yeah. that been helpful for you? Uh, it has been. It's a hard process to mm-hmm. get there. I think for, for me in that I've been very independent and I, I want that, but I, I won't let someone into that place. Right. You know, really be vulnerable with them. So it must have been great. I've observed you being very successful at getting quality mentors in your life. So it must have been a, a, a grow for you to get to that place where you're even able to seek it. Yeah. Well, well, the example would be, I shared the story about being called a boy. Well, mm. I was in this meeting and I'm sitting here and I desperately want this man to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, I don't know this at the time, but I'm, in my heart is, oh, will you please hang out with me? Will yeah. you please disciple me, share with me yeah. your life? Yeah. But on the outside, on the outside, I'm saying, I'm, I'm trying to impress him. Okay. Right. So he's seeing that, and I'm not being aware of what I really need. And it goes back to that desire thing of what I really want is men, but I'm so afraid of that because I've never been around older men. So I think even finally sitting in that long enough to say, ah, what I really need is fathering, older men, discipling. And I think that's, until we can get there, we we tend not to be able to be honest with ourselves and with people about, hey, will you mentor me? Will you disciple me? Like, right. So are you meeting with a group of guys on a somewhat consistent basis in your own life now for support and encouragement, or what does that look like? Yeah, you know, I am, and I, I actually last night uh, was our guys group with about six guys that we've right. been meeting with, and right. it's, been, it's been an incredible journey to share these experiences with them, because mm-hmm. they're going through the exact same. Of course Good. they are. All right. Praise God. Yeah. And of course, we are out of mm-hmm. time. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to pick this up and tune in next week when we have part two with Zan. But listen, we've got some uh, some things to tell you about. But Zan, first of all, thanks so much for being on our show. It's been great. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you for having me. So, uh, listen, a couple announcements, folks. First of all, um, we've got an opportunity to take the Blazing Gray show on uh, to a different market in L.A., actually. And uh, so we've looked into putting this on in uh, L.A. on a station called KKLA. It's the largest Christian talk show on the West Coast. And how many millions of people do we have to possibly reach, Mike? I mean, Well, there's 16 million people living in Southern California. So if you'd like to be a part of that, give us a call. Also, if you'd like a copy of Zan's book for the month of August, 
Go ahead and email us at mike at blazinggrace.org. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 625. 521 Colorado Springs, Colorado 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, PO Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio. HTM. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine His grace upon you.